What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trail Blazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every day. Coming at you five days a week, free on all platforms. So make it part of your daily routine and make it your first listen every single day. Today's episode is all about the NBA Draft Lottery. The Blazers came into Tuesday with high hopes. And you Blazers fans came with them. Damian Lord was in Chicago representing the Blazers at the draft lottery. And they were armed with the sixth best odds of getting the top overall pick. A 9% chance to get the top overall pick. A 37.2% chance of landing in the top four. Over 45% chance. Almost 46% chance of getting one of the top six picks in the NBA draft. But the biggest and most likely number, the most likely outcome for them was that they ended up seventh coming into the night. Just the way the odds work in this world. And if you listen to yesterday's show, we talked a little bit about the odds. The Blazers had a 29.8% chance of getting seventh. Basically one in three of ending up in seventh. To be sure, a better chance of ending up in the top six picks, but a one in three chance still of ending up seven. When the envelopes came out, Deputy Commissioner Mark Tatum reads out the envelopes. Cleveland, Chicago, Oklahoma City, New York, Washington, San Antonio, New Orleans, and then you get to seven, and, and and they're coming quickly, but you have enough. It's in there with seven to know if they get past seven, things are really good. Like, it's things get really good because they have a better chance of getting picks, you know, getting picks one, two, three, and four than they do of six. Like, they're, they're, they're. They were going to put themselves in the right spot. They just they had less than nine percent chance of getting six, but and a greater than nine percent chance of getting one through four. Like it, seven was the number they needed to get past, and you could see it coming. And when Mark Tatum opened the envelope and you saw that pinwheel, you probably felt a lot like when the face that Damian Lillard made when they showed him on the broadcast on television. He kind of smiled leaned back in his chair and accepted an unfortunate fate. Bummer. It was the, the, the body language of someone saying, bummer, man. Dame is a fierce optimist. Uh, no doubt in my mind, he sat there thinking about what he's going to say after they get the number one overall pick. Uh, he had to do an interview with Malik Andrews on ESPN beforehand, talking about, um, asking him about the rebuild. But I know that Dame is a fiercely optimistic human, and I know he really thought that the Blazers were going to come away with good news. They didn't get that good news. That went to Orlando, who got the top pick. Oklahoma City got the second pick. Houston ended up in third. Sacramento, who jumped Portland to push Portland back to seven, ended up fourth. Detroit fifth, Indiana sixth, and then your Portland Trail Blazers. In a draft that seems to have three top-tier players and then a step down to this sort of like Shaden Sharp, Keegan Murray, Jaden Ivey tier, you wanted a top three pick. You wanted a chance to be a top three, to, to have a top three pick for some a variety of obvious reasons. One, you get to draft a really good player. Two, you get to use that pick for leverage to trade back for maybe a future pick and a, a good player and other stuff from teams that covet drafting a good player. 
If you don't want to just take that good player, you can you can you you would have been able to use that top three pick for leverage. Even top four pick would have would have would have given you some real leverage in this draft. Um, because maybe the Kings are gonna really draft another guard because that's what they do. They're the Kings. They gotta get a, they gotta get more guards high in the lottery. It's just their goal. Congratulations to Jaden Ivey or Shaden Sharp. One of you sent it to Sacramento because that's how this works. And I can make fun of the Kings. But I think there's just, it's, it's, I can make fun of the Kings because one, I'm great at making fun of stuff. But, and two, but like, I, I feel for Blazers fans. I feel for the way that Damian Lord's face looks. Like, it was a deflating and disappointing night for a variety of reasons. One, you're always hopeful that you get the number one pick. And two, it makes all the losing this year seem, not seem like it's worth it. Blazers lost 21 of their final 23 games on purpose. On purpose. They did this on purpose. And they end up with the seventh pick of the draft. They trade away Norman Powell and Robert Covington and Larry Nance Jr. and CJ McCollum. And they ended up with the 2025 pick from the Milwaukee Bucks, the seventh pick in the 2022 NBA draft, Justice Winslow and Josh Hart. And Keon Johnson. I'm sorry that I left him out. D. Luzado. I'm sorry I left him out too. That doesn't feel like a good haul. That feels deflating. That feels frustrating. That feels insulting. That just feels like a bummer. And you just, you cannot, like, I mean, you can. If you're a big fan, you're listening to this now. Like, you can. You're capable of it. But it is hard to sit here and close your eyes and remember the time that the Blazers played an important, meaningful, and fun basketball game. It's just been so long. And your reward for, for sifting through all those bummers, sifting through watching your team intentionally lose, run out, uh, run out a roster incapable of winning on purpose, is the seventh pick in the NBA draft. Dang! This isn't, like, today's results is not a reflection of Joe Cronin. Don't anyone selling you that nonsense doesn't understand how 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 process and results work. But it doesn't feel good. And the man who did this is left with the seventh pick in the NBA draft to try to to try to fix what's next. His gambles didn't work. You can debate with whoever whomever uh, about the quality of the gambles. I I, uh, I think for me the CJ McCollum gamble was totally fine, um, and losing on purpose was the right move. Neither of them worked out. I didn't like the Normans and Norman Rocco trade. I thought I didn't didn't particularly care for it. But I didn't the but undeniably. The gambles that the front the Blazers front office made did not pay off in the manner that they hoped. That's why Damian Lowe looked deflated. That's why you were deflated in your living room. That's why you were deflated at your watch party. A friend of mine told me early in the day, he said, I'm going to a watch party. This is my friend, Chuck. I'll give him a shout out. Shout out to Charles. My friend, Chuck says, I'm going to a watch party. And I was like, I was like, dog, those events are very fast. Like that's like a 20 minute hang. And it might, and I joked with him, I was like, and they might end up seventh. And then you're going to be like, well, see y'all. And he texts me from the party and he said, he said, People, people here aren't too happy. And I get it. Like, I, I, I commiserate with that frustration. But here's what they're dealt with. And the question now becomes not like, who do you blame? Because that is invaluable. 
The question becomes, so what the hell do they do now? Do they trade it? Do they draft somebody? Do they do some combination of the two? Let's talk about their possible outcomes to close or to in the second segment. Before we get there, I want to tell y'all about AG1. It's how I started my day this morning. I poured a delicious scoop of AG1 into a cup of a, a glass of water. And uh, when I was doing that, I was absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. They're helping me start my day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that helps your gut health, improves your nervous system, your immune system, helps you give it a little more energy, helps you recover faster, helps your focus, all of the things. Plus, it's relatively inexpensive to have a solution to all your multivitamin needs. Instead of grabbing a million different pills to treat, to get all of your multivitamins, you take a, you take a scoop of this powder, you put it in a glass of water, you get this kind of sweet, mild, tropical flavor. And it's supporting everything, mental clarity, alertness. And it's using the best products based on the latest science with the constant product iterations and third-party testing. It's a small micro habit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MBA network. That's athleticgreens.com slash MBA network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. So the Blazers end up seven. I think the emotions of it were, they were either some sort of like, I knew it, we were doomed, or like truly deflated. If you really believed this, this um, when you woke up on Tuesday morning, if you really believed this was a deflating end, and a deflating end to a long saga of bummers for the Blazers, yet another one. But bummers are part of this. And the other part of this is rebounding and doing what's next. So I think there are two paths the Blazers can go when when you're when given these when given this situation. They're not going to get one of the studs in this draft. Um, they aren't armed with the type of tradable assets to move up. And quite frankly, trading one of their good players to move up in this draft would be a mistake. So don't. They're not going to jump forward in this draft unless something very strange happens. But but that's not the direction they're going to go. So I think there's really two choices when you consider kind of what they might be able to do. The simple one and the one I think they should pursue is just taking a player at seven. Uh, you know, the, the players that are going to be in their range, like uh, big man Jalen Duran from Memphis, uh, like a, a center who would probably, you know, come in as a backup but has some real, real you know, just a bulldozer with a little bit raw offensively, but a bulldozer with real defensive upside. Jeremy Sohan, probably my favorite at this spot, a forward from Baylor who has real defensive versatility and is pretty raw offensively. Rookies typically aren't very good on defense. Like I know Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado exist. Like, I watched them play. They were really good. But it, like typically, most most even even good defensive rookies like Evan Mobley and, and Scotty Barnes were relatively good defensive rookies as well. Um, there's obviously these ex exceptions, and I just literally named four from the previous draft class, so I get it. But like typically, rookies aren't very good 
on defense. So relying on a rookie and say, hey, we really need to upgrade our defense. Let's get this 19-year-old. It's it's maybe doesn't get you there. But Jeremy Sohan has upside to be one of the, what you want. A six foot eight with versatility to guard potentially all five positions, maybe four positions relatively easily. And then we'll see what, you know, at tr- big traditional fives, maybe bully him around. But real defensive versatility. Um, so ball handling skills, which in in his with his size is like really intriguing. Like I, I think Jeremy Sohan right now sitting here today would be my choice at seven. Could be Jalen Duran, could be Ben Matherin from from Arizona, uh, a guy who can really score. Um, you know, probably like a three level scorer and a shooter. Um, I would be curious to see what he measures at at the combine and the pre draft and during the pre draft process because. Uh, Former guest in this program, Mark Schindler, who does a bunch of draft prep stuff, says that he thinks that um, that Matherin's going to get measured around six five. If he's six five, it changes my my thinking on him. If he's like six six with long arms, then he's like maybe a three, right? I would be intrigued by that. I don't think Shaden Sharp's going to fall down to seven, but I would be intrigued by Shaden Sharp. I think it's too early to 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 go for a guy like Tari Eason because I think you can get him later in the lottery if you want to. Uh, you know, there's. There will be some names there. I think there's a reality in which, uh, you know, Keegan Murray falls that far, although I don't think it's a very likely one. Johnny Davis from Wisconsin will be a name that goes like right in that range. But uh, for me, he doesn't seem to be what the Blazers need because he's a he's a, a guard and they, they need help. They need more size and more length at the forward spots. They're going to have some choices and they're going to have some choices at seven, like a top 10 pick, top 10 picks. They're, you know, that's typically through the history of the draft, you find the best players in the top five and that sort of next range five through 10 is where NBA starters come from. It's just, it is, we, there was enough data to suggest it comes there. There are always guys who drop always Nikola Jokic among them. Shout out to the Quesarito. And and to me, the, the solution that I would prefer that the Blazers approach is just take, take the guy. Take someone at seven. Take a rookie. They need rookie scale guys and get it right. Get Jeremy Sohan and maybe he, he he really does morph into this elite versatile defender. You can't have enough of those in the league at his size. Six eight a six eight defender who can guard multiple spots is what every team is looking for, and the Blazers have desperately needed since Alfaruk Aminu left. The best power forward Damon has played with since Lamarcus Aldridge left is Alfaruk Aminu. Just remember that. There's a, there's two other paths. One is trade back. I think I think there might be some push to trade back because I think out once you get out of the top five or six picks, five picks, like once you get past Keegan Murray, I think there's a pretty big drop off. Like I think it's Jabari Smith and Paolo Bancaro and 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 Chad Holmgren and Jaden Ivey and Keegan, and Keegan Murray. I think that's your five. I think Shaden Sharp is intriguing enough to be six. I think there's a big like. I think there's a big swath of players that could go basically starting at the Blazers pick and beyond, which means that there might not be a lot of rush to move up because other teams say like, well, we like, we don't want to give up stuff to move from 10 to seven. But I think if the Blazers could trade back, if you trade back and say you either get two lottery picks or you get a veteran and like the 14th pick in the draft from Cleveland or something like that. Um, Cleveland's not a particularly sexy trade partner, but you know, it, the name I've thrown a bunch is like PJ Washington from Charlotte. I don't know how real that is. He was their draft lottery representatives, but something along those lines. We'll get into more details later. I'm just kind of spitballing here with you literally on, uh, on, on lottery night. If you could trade back for a veteran and another pick in this draft, I would do that. That would be my preferred approach. Trading back, 
I just don't know how palatable that's going to be. That remains to be seen. If it's there, do it. The third option is trading, is straight up swapping the pick and using the Blazers traded player exception for a veteran. I know the names everyone is saying is Jeremy Grant. If the Blazers trade their TPE and number seven for Jeremy Grant, you listen, I've been, I've been preaching patience with Cronin. That would be a double bird type of thing. Like, F that. That is like that. The seventh overall pick for for the right to pay Jeremy Grant is a nightmare. It is a nightmare and a and a straight up awful mistake. Awful mistake. Let me just let me barrel down the camera if you're watching on YouTube. Do not trade number seven for Jeremy Grant. That would be a mistake. I don't even think Jeremy Grant's bad. Like I don't. I don't. I'm not a big Jeremy Grant guy. Uh, but like I don't think he's bad necessarily. I just think like. You need cheap players to build a good team. If you trade of your and if you if you trade your opportunities to get cheap good players for expensive veterans, you are handcuffing the future of the franchise. But that's a path and that's an option and the easiest way to get good like immediately is trade a 19-year-old for a 26-year-old. Like Veterans are better than rookies almost always. Older players have their they've seen more coverages on defense. They they're they're still in the league for a reason because they're talented. You know, teens, 20, you know, 19, 20, 21 year olds in the league are, are going to have some growing pains and some bumps and bruises. It's going it can take a while for them to get where they need to be. And if the Blazers want to be good right away, the easiest way to get good right away is to trade a draft pick, a high draft pick for a veteran. Specifically, doing that for Jeremy Grant would be a mistake, and doing that for any any player basically on Jeremy Grant's level would be a mistake. If you're talking a true bona fide All Star wing, you first of all you're just not going to get him for the seventh pick in the NBA draft. Um, but like then then the conversation changes. But trading for like a, a trading or a lottery pick for a decent role player is a just a straight up mistake, and they shouldn't do it. They should not do it. If you disagree, hit me up in the YouTube's, YouTube comments and tell me I'm a dummy. But I feel very strongly about that. Trading back and getting a draft pick, okay. Straight up making the selection, okay. Trading it, using your using this to to land a veteran, and, and specifically Jeremy Grant, a name that's been link, linked to the Blazers for so, so long, would be a, just a wild mistake. Wild mistake. Does it mean that you maybe miss out on him because the, the Pistons aren't interested in Keon Johnson in the 2025 pick? Yes. Yes, it might mean that for sure. And I'm comfortable with that. Like, first of all, I don't I do not have an ownership stake in the Blazers. But like, at some point, you just have to be realistic about what is like a responsible type of team building. And to me, that would be irresponsible. I want to close the show talking about history. You can get good players at seven. It's possible. I promise. I got some names. I'll share the recent history of the, of the seventh pick in the NBA draft. But first, let me tell you about Bill Barr. Today, on this very, on this, on this very draft lottery day, I knew I was going to have to record a podcast, do some, had some other uh, responsive professional responsibilities. I needed a little pick me up in the middle of the day, so I grabbed a birthday cake puff, the new birthday cake puff flavor of Bill Barr. It's like a chocolate marshmallowy sprinkle covered you've never had a protein bar like it type of treat and it's still rocking with 16 grams of protein and only 150 calories. Packs a punch, got me going, hit, hit you know, met my sweet tooth and my needs and still had some protein to fuel me for the rest of the day. So, 
They got a whole variety of these puff flavors, these kind of marshmallowy type bars. Go check out Built.com right now. Find a flavor you like, order a whole bunch of them, and save some money while you do it by using the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's show also brought to you by RockAuto.com the family business that's been specializing in helping do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. You can save time and you can save money by going to rockauto.com. Time. Because if you go to a chain auto parts store or a or the dealership, they're just not going to have what you're looking for. There's too many makes and models on the road right now. They can't carry all the parts you need. You are wasting your time going there and money, like real money, 30, 50, or even a hundred percent savings when you go to rockauto.com versus those chain auto parts stores and the dealerships. So do yourself a favor. Go to their website right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. And you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. You might be saying, Mike, I'm bummed. The Blazers got the seventh pick in the draft. And I'll say, yeah, it's it, sometimes it really is that way. But it's not all bad. Uh, there, are, there are some players who have come in and been okay with that seventh pick in the NBA draft. The notable one. The notable one you know, like, <laughs> the notable one you know is 2009. Steph Curry went to the Golden State Warriors. You know Steph Curry went to the Golden State Warriors. But even in recent history, there's been some decent players that went nine. Wendell Carter out of Duke, and I'm leading with the Duke guy, so you know I'm real, in 2018. Lowry Markin in 2017 did not work out initially with the Bulls, but it, it like is a reasonable contributor. Jamal Murray. To the Nuggets in 2016. Julius Randle, 2014 to the Lakers. Harrison Barnes, 2012 to the Warriors. Then you start going back. You get you get Steph Curry in 09. You knew that one. An MVP, a two-time MVP, a unanimous MVP in 2009. But you get your Kirk Heinrichs in there, your Luol Dangs, your Eric Gordons, dudes who play a long time in the league. Back in the 90s, if you turn it back to the clock enough, you're going to get Richard Hamilton. Who went to the Wizards out of Connecticut? Turned out to be a pretty darn good player. Richard Hamilton sitting on the podium today for the, or at the, yeah, sitting, representing the uh, Detroit Pistons. Damon Stoudemire, 1995, the first ever pick from the Toronto Raptors. There are some players. There are, there are, there are folks who have helped. And I'm not here to say that, like, hey, other draft picks haven't had a two-time MVP. You just look at the history. And I don't even think that history is that impressive. Like, a, like you know, Harrison Barnes is, is like a pretty good outcome, right? Like, it's like a long-term starter in the league. But, and, and like, you're, that's like, I feel like a, a reasonable best-case scenario for, for, for uh, the Blazers' pick here. But if they end up with a Kobe White or a Larry Markkinen, like, contributors, dudes who can play... This is why you keep the pick. This is why I'm favoring keeping the pick. Getting a rotation player on the cheap is real and helpful and useful. It doesn't have to be a Steph Curry. It can be an Eric Gordon, who before the injuries was a really good defender and shooter. And like, I'm not even talking like type of player. I'm talking quality of player. 
Greg Monroe went seventh. Uh, you know, a longtime starter in the league, started in the league for, you know, eight years, still in the league some 12 years later as, as a backup contributor. Like this, what you are hoping, like what a reasonable expectation at seven is, is like someone who can start in the league for, you know, more than half a decade with consistent contributions, maybe doesn't start right away, finds his, you know, finds his pace at about, you know, in midway through the second year and starts for the next seven seasons in the league. That's like, you want a Harrison Barnes type. Uh, like, a Jamal Murray would be fantastic. You know, you find that, uh, like, a franchise changer, a guy who ends up signing a max contract type, right? But the sort of the long history of seven is that you mostly get contributors. You mostly get guys who can contribute. Uh, like, I'm, I think Wendell Card's pretty good. Like, I think it'd be really useful for the Blazers. Um, I I think Larry Markin is like, looked like a bust and then is like, seems like a contributing type NBA player. This is what you want at seven. That should be the expectation. When you're thinking about who, who should they draft, an expectation is like starting level player and maybe not starting day one, but certainly starting, you know, whatever, game 84, uh, game 96. Like you want, you want them to be a starter in the league pretty much that quickly. That's the turn you need. Uh, This, like, I I feel like I'm going to end where I started. This was a deflating day because you thought you could, you were going to get to chase one of the stars, and now this team's going to end up just, like, hopefully finding a starter or trading it away and disappointing one specific podcaster. But I don't think all is lost because I think there's a chance to get some talent because the history of seven suggests that, the history of the seventh pick in the draft of the last 20 years suggests that you, consistent contributors. Some duds, for sure. Uh, I'll say it again. Like, you get drafted by the Kings, you might be a dud. It's what they do. Shout out to Jimmer for that. Shout out to T-Rob. I could go on. Uh, the Kings are catching strays because they passed the Blazers in the lottery. Um, but in general, the expectation is a starter, like a starting level player. That's the expectation. I think that you should set it at that. Uh, f- franchise changer, no, but there have been history of that. Duds for sure, but starters. That's that's the that's the brief history. Like let, let me just run it down for you. Kobe White, Wendell Carter Jr., Lowry Markinen, Jamal Murray, Emmanuel Moutier, Julius Randle, Ben McLemore, Harrison Barnes, Bismack Biombo, Greg Monroe. Like you're 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 getting there. <laughs> you know, the last two, Jonathan Kaminga and Killian Hayes, like I think Jonathan Kaminga is gonna be pretty good. I'm not so sure about Killian Hayes. Um he might be an NBA player, but like not a starter. Uh, like a starting level, starting level wing. That's what you're looking for. Starting level wing. That's, that's the goal. I want to close with this. Today's show is supposed to be a live show. It's supposed to be a live stream on YouTube. And I promised you a live stream and I tried to launch five or different, five or six different live streams from my computer this afternoon, uh, right after the lottery. And I had some tech issues and that sucks. I hate having tech issues and I hate like not delivering on promises. The, the thing that I like about this podcast is that I do it every single day and you expect it to be there every single day waiting for you. So when I tell you I'm going to do something and I don't, I'm bummed. I'm sorry about that. If you were looking forward to that, I'm sorry. If you turned notifications on and you saw me go live four times and then I had to bail, if you were on the live stream, like a handful of you were 30 or so, uh, and you saw my video not working out, I'm sorry. That sucked. I'm going to figure out the tech stuff on my end and, uh, we will get it popping and we'll do some live shows in the future. That's my promise to you. 
I got to figure some, I got to get my tech stuff uh, from my dungeon down here all, all settled. And then we'll do live shows with some more regularity. Sorry about that. Honestly. Here's the good news. As promised. This is a draft show now. We know where the Blazers are picking. We're going to deep dive in the draft. That's what this is going on. The Blazers now have about a, a month. Uh, the The end of the NBA Combine is, is in five days. That's March 22nd. Joe Cronin is expected to talk to the media on, on May 22nd. It's not March. I'm Where is my brain? Uh, May 22nd. That'll be about one month exactly from the NBA draft on June 22nd. It will be one month exactly from the NBA draft. Leading up to when Joe Cronin speaks and after Joe Cronin speaks, we are diving deep into draft stuff. Diving deep into draft stuff. So if you're getting excited or you're just curious about what's going to happen, I'm going to try to make this the place where you can find out what's going to happen. So join me. Tell your friends. Five days a week, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube, free on all platforms. Always free for you. So check us out. Come back tomorrow. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.